Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. This is our 2023 Fantasy Football Bust episode. We already have our Sleepers episode out, so be sure to check that out. Uh, here to break all the busts down at each position, one of the top rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, ready to shoot on Jamison Williams ADP one last time? Oh, my goodness. I'm so sad. I can't. I I just I don't I, I don't I don't even know where how why <laughs> I, it just doesn't make sense at Stay all. Tuned. Yeah, uh, let's uh, we're gonna go through our, our our top bus guys. We're avoiding at each position, and uh, this can be very valuable because you know uh, sleepers. You know the chances of you actually be having a chance to draft them. I think are a little lower, but a lot of times busts are guys that most people are gonna have a chance to draft. You know because they're higher up. So um, it is important to kind of talk through these guys um, at quarterback, not as much, mm-hmm. um, but uh, let's still start there. Uh, who you got for busts at quarterback? Yeah. Like you, like you mentioned, like no one really stands out as a bust, but you know, I haven't been getting much Derek Carr at QB 19. So I'll go with him. Um, you know, he, he's mainly like a two QB super flex kind of format quarterback, but um, you know, I'm, I'm still not getting him because he's, he's looked great this preseason. Like the saints offense does look like it's going to be pretty legit to start the year. Um, uh, but with Derek Carr on the saints, you know, you've mentioned that he does struggle in the first year under a new mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Plus he's going to have to deal with Taysom Hill packages around the red zone. So that's going to hurt his upside a bit. Um, plus the, the saints have just a really easy schedule. They have the easiest schedule according to my strength of schedule, uh, rankings, which is why they have a nine and a half win total. So I think they're going to have a lot more leading game scripts. And I think people realize, which might, you know, force them to run a little bit more. Uh, but I just, in this range, I much rather have like Matthew Stafford, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, even like Brock Purdy, I would take over Derek Carr. So it's just a lot of the drafts, like I haven't seen him fall to me and I haven't had a reason to like reach for him. So he just stands as like a bust because of 
where he's been going a lot of the drafts I've been in. Yeah, I agree. I'm not really getting much car. I'm, I am very low on him. You know, if you look at his career numbers, you know, the four years in which he had a new uh, scheme, new offensive coordinator were his first, uh, f- worst, excuse me, four years uh, in terms of, you know, passer rating, uh, yards per attempt, all, pretty much any efficiency metric you can think of. Car, all of Carr's worst statistical seasons have come in year one of a new offense. And even the winning percentage has gone, gone way down. So, you know, he's, he's really struggled. And, you know, the Saints team, I, I do worry about Carr with them because their interior line is pretty bad. Uh, Pete hasn't been good in a while. McCoy has been struggling uh, as of late. And then who is it? Uh, Ruiz, I believe, at, at right mm-hmm. guard. Uh, he's, been, he's struggled as well. And so they have good tackles. They have Penning and, and Ramchek at tackle. Love the tackles. Uh, but but shaky interior, that's pretty much exactly what the Raiders were last year. They had great tackles and one of the worst interior lines in the league. And Carr, his accuracy really struggled. I, I, he, I think he's one of those guys really, you know, interior pressure, not going to be a friend of really any mm. quarterback, but um, Derek Carr, a guy who's a little bit, little bit robotic in the pocket, doesn't like to hold the ball for too long. You know that that interior pressure is gonna gonna, gonna throw him off. His accuracy has been declining um, for for three straight seasons now. Last year he was thirty fifth out of forty one quarterbacks. Uh, so I, I just yeah I, I don't I don't I think it's a you're kind of going out on a limb saying he's just gonna kind of bounce back after getting benched for Jared Stidham um, and, and and be good in in year you know right away in this office. Yes, the schedule's easy. But I mean, it's, the Saints really just play a whole bunch of other mediocre teams like the Saints. Is so like it's easy if they're good. But if Carr's not good, they might not be good. But then Carr might get benched because there's Jameis <laughs> yeah. is still there. Taysom Hill is probably going to get a couple snaps of quarterback. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not very high in the Saints team. But uh, yeah, Carr is is the guy that that stands out for me. I'm not getting much Aaron Rodgers either. Mm. I, I just think you know. 40-year-old quarterback, really don't trust Hackett, even though I know he'll probably just let Rodgers kind of run the show. And that Jets defense is just so good that, I mean, is Rodgers really going to have to put up like 280, 290 to win games? Probably not. Much lower than that last year and uh, with a worse defense. So um, not not really digging Rodgers. Did not have any top five finishes. I think Carr and Rodgers were the – two guys that did not have any top five mm. uh, quarterback finishes last year. So there you go. Um, you know, does it, you're not probably, you're probably not missing much by fading. <laughs> probably well, not missing much. His ADP is down like QB 17. Again, it's super sharp this year. Right. I mean, when yeah. we first yeah. started talking about it, he was QB 12, right. After he yep, signed with yep. the jets, he was QB 12 and the market has slowly adjusted to, you know, he shouldn't be a low end QB one. So QB 17 sounds about right, but I, I'm with you. I, I don't have that much Rogers shares anyways, because like you said, they're probably gonna, not going to have to throw that much this year. Yeah. And I mean, any, anything happens to Garrett Wilson and that's just, now, now you're really, you're just not even going to want to throw like it's right. just a whole different, whole different kind of situation. Okay. Let's, let's go to a more important position yes. running back. Uh, I see some interesting names on both of our <laughs> lists and they are completely different. So that's, that's, Good. this is going to be fun. Uh, I guess we could go back and forth here. 
let's see mm-hmm. who has the highest ADP. I guess it's me with no. I think Na- Ooh, has Najee overtaken. Close. That's yeah. The, I think Jay- that's the question. They're they're both like RB nine right now. Yeah, you can you can uh, you can start with Najee. Yeah, so Najee's going like RB9, basically a low-end RB1. But the the reason I usually fade Harris is the same reason why I invest in Jalen Warren is I just think Harris is in danger of seeing this backfield devolve into more of a 50-50 committee this year. Um, You know, like I said, I think Warren is just really talented, finished top 10 my expected yards per attempt uh, model, and Harris is bottom 10. And the reason why we've loved Harris in fantasy the past couple of seasons is because of the high volume. But if that might not be there this year, then I think he's a very dangerous pick in this range. Plus, when you look at just drafts in general, you're looking at either like you can grab Mark Andrews if you want a tight end or one of the uh, last of the top three quarterbacks can make it to you or start drafting a high-end wide receiver too when Najee Harris is going. So that's another reason why I don't get Harris. Just the point in the draft is not the time for when I'm taking running backs anyway. So there's just a bunch of red flags for Harris where he's going um, at the, you know, round two, three turn. Um, So yeah, he's one of my least rostered running backs this year. Yeah. I'm, I like my teams a lot better when I go with like a a hero running back or a zero running back strategy Mm -hmm. where I, I'm at most getting one in the first five rounds. Um, So taking a guy in that range uh, is just not really something I'm doing anyway. So uh, I, I, I see where you're going and yeah, I'm a big fan of Jamin Warren. I think the Steelers will run. Like I don't, I don't think Najee will just completely face plant, but I agree. Like you're, you're, you're taking yeah. a guy in this range and that's, I mean, it speaks to just a running back position in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you combine that with, you know, the fact that they're likely to miss double the amount of games of every other position. Um, I like my teams a lot more when I just, you know, get my wide receivers up, get my, get a tight end, get a, get a quarterback even, and just get a bunch of like RB2 type of guys, like in the seventh, <laughs> right. eighth round. I, I, I mean, I think that's the way to go because even the guys, like, even if you're drafted in the first round, you know, what are the odds that McCaffrey plays at 17 games again, Eckler right. plays 17 games again. Like it's, it's, it's kind of been uh, things going against the odds uh, that have, I think people are kind of getting lulled into lulled to sleep with, with some of these and just kind of thinking these running backs are going to continue. Even in Najee, he hasn't missed a game yet, which I know he's mm-hmm. a big, powerful, young, strong man, but <laughs> as, it's football, man. It's yeah. undefeated. Football yeah. is undefeated. The war of attrition in football is undefeated. So, um, yeah, Najee's not a guy I have much of uh, either. And uh, another guy I'm staying away from, and this maybe it's not as much of a surprise as it would have been uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago, but Josh Jacobs, the guy I'm, I'm not really feeling. I think last year was the year to to, to invest in Jacobs when everyone was down on him because they were freaking mm-hmm. out because he played in the first preseason game, and you know now it's it's like okay, Zamir White has another year to develop. Uh, the team probably is going to be bad. Their win total six and a half. They they're not. They won't necessarily be in all these one score games like they were last year. Um, they were still bad last year, but a lot of games are close, which helps, obviously, you run the ball. Uh, the interior line's not great mm-hmm. for the Raiders. Um, and then you got the the holdups, you know, the, the contract situation. And the, the further it stretches, the more you wonder, especially coming off a huge workload, where's the conditioning going to be at? 
Um, is there going to be an increased risk? Like, what has he been doing all, all season? Has he been working out? Is, you know, is, is, is he going to be at higher risk for injury? And McDaniel even said, you know, McDaniel's even said, I, a guy has to practice and like, I'm not just going to throw him back in there. So, you know, might not even see, see the same workload as last year early on if this holdout continues to stretch. So, and that's on top of the fact that there's only been a few running backs that have uh, carried the ball 320 or more times in a season uh, over the past decade or so. But those backs have combined to average seven missed games the next year. And they've also, each one of them has dropped at least a yard off their yard per carry average. So like, there's just so many things point to, to regression that, you know, I don't want to draft a running back in this range anyway, but you know, Jacobs, who I think is still one of the better, you know, backs in that range. So many things are kind of pointing to risk factors and just kind of like screaming potential bust, potential bust that uh, I'm, I'm just all the way off of, uh, off of Jacobs this year. Yeah, there's there's a ton of red flags there. And again, he's being drafted where, you know, you got Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins. It's just the range in the draft that I still think you should be targeting wide receiver as well because of, like we said, all these concerns with running backs. That's just the nature of the position. So not a good time to be investing in the position, in my opinion. All right, let's keep it going in order of ADP. So that's Brees Hall. That's a guy, another guy I'm avoiding. Uh, RB16, that's just too high for me. Like, I love Brees Hall. I think he's an amazing talent. But, like, we've seen this so many times where a running back comes back from an injury like this and they either get injured again trying to compensate or they're just generally not quite as explosive or the team just – limits their workload and we saw the quotes earlier in the offseason joe douglas the gm's like we're gonna save him from himself and they followed through on it they Mm -hmm. signed dalvin cook who's averaged over 17 carries per game in his career never fewer than 12 carries per game and when you combine like all the risk factors for Brees hall i think the best case scenario would be Brees hall as the aaron jones Mm -hmm. and in terms of usage and uh, Cook as the A.J. Dillon, well, the last two years, Aaron Jones has been in points per game, half PPR points per game. Aaron Jones has been RB12 and RB16. Brees Hall is being drafted as RB16. That was a healthy Aaron Jones. Like, I just, there's 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 not much room for growth. Like, if I draft a running back 16th, then this again is why I like Alexander Madison. Because I'm not saying he's he has no risk, but... He also has the upside to be and he can, uh, Josh Jacobs of this year. Like every mm-hmm. down doesn't come out. Brees, that's just not going to be the case for Brees Hall. They gave Dalvin right. Cook six, almost six mil guaranteed with, with the opportunity to make another two and a half um, through incentives. This guy never averaged fewer than 12 carries a game. He's still, he's coming off a season where he played all 17. Like they're not just going to like cast him to the side. So I just, I just, I just can't get there with this Brees Hall projection anywhere close to RB 16. I think he should be going as a, like a, like a high end. Ideally he would be like a high end RB three who, you know, if he, if he, you know, does better than expected, then great. You got some upside there, but I just can't, I can't get even one, one share of him <laughs> at, at, at this, at this ADP, not even one. Yeah. So, I I'm shocked. His, yeah. His current ADP is RB 16. I've been in some drafts where he does still go and like the top 15 and I just, 
are people aware that they signed Dalvin Cook? It's almost like they're not factoring that in because he. Where do you have him ranked? I have him ranked uh, RB twenty three right now. Yeah, I think I'm like, uh, thirty one. <laughs> I mean, that's not too crazy because, it, like you said, it, it it could be a true 50-50 split. I think the, if you were going to take a Jets running back, it would be Dalvin Cook, right? Just because he's going no, oh, yeah, in yeah. the and 30s. I've kind of – I've been, like, working on a model of kind of, like it, – it's kind of a games played model. It's not that simple, but it essentially just kind of, you know, takes the form of games played to kind of, like, measure the risk. And it takes into account, you know, missed games and, and injuries mm-hmm. in prior years and – a little different for each position, but yeah, Brees Hall, uh, you know, missing, you know, tearing his ACL as a rookie in October. Um, you know, he's one of the highest risk running backs I have. So even if I just project him for like a normal workload yeah. and like project him aggressively, I'm still going to be low on him because I still think he just has more downside risk. And that's exactly what you're trying to avoid in the yeah. at, at this point in the draft. In the first, you know, three, four, five rounds, you cannot win your draft in these rounds. You can only lose it. Mm-hmm. Everyone is high ceiling. You have to avoid the low floor guys as best you can. Everyone is high ceiling. Like, you, like we just talked about, like, guys like Alexander Madison, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. Just Aaron Jones goes, like, one or two picks before Brees Hall. Just, like, if Aaron Jones – if you want that, just take Aaron Jones. If he's not there, just, like, take a receiver. You know, like, I, I just – I just yeah. – people are going like, to – like, it's like a couple years ago when everyone was, like, taking Barkley, like, as if yes. nothing happened. I was like, going to you know? say, he's, he's 2021 Saquon Barkley, and then next year he'll be 2022 yes. Saquon Barkley. I, I was I was uh, writing up a blurb earlier today uh, for you know we're, we're going to release some uh, some fantasy content uh, you and I just kind of roundtables on different guys uh, that were fade sweepers all that good stuff and and for for Hall I I, I wrote I think he's going to be a much better 2024 fantasy pick than a 2023 fantasy pick that's just yeah. like so you you just got to know when to get in and out on these guys just like Jacobs like last year was the time to get in this year time to get out. You know, Brees Hall, last year you got you got like five, four or five good games out of him. Get out this year. Now next year everyone's going to probably be freaked out. Dalvin Cook's only signed for a year. So, like, yeah. Brees Hall, just right back to having the backfield to himself. I mean, maybe a Bonacanda uh, factor in. But, you know, it's just screams bust. Like, it, it's, it couldn't be more clear unless your name is Jamison Williams. <sighs> like you know exactly Brees Brees Jamison Williams Hall wow uh, <laughs> speaking of the Lions DeAndre Swift yeah. is uh former mm-hmm. Lion is uh next up on your list uh why do you think he shall be a bust in 2023 yeah well this is kind of how we started the offseason I was kind of iffy on him in this range so he's RB 23 ish right now but it just Heading into week one, it does seem like the Eagles' backfield is still a bit of a mystery. It, it looks like it could be a full-blown three-way committee, you know, with Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell. Um, I think mm-hmm. Kenny Gainwell is going to be more involved than we both expected. Um, I, I still, However, I think Swift still has the most upside, um, and he should dominate the passing down work, but that's not really the, the role that you want on the Eagles because, you know, Jalen Hurts is still going to, be scrambling more than he is dumping it off to his running back. So running back 23 just feels too high for a, a situation that is a, you know, frozen pond type of situation where any given week, one of these backs could step up. Um, and certainly that will be swift 
um, on a handful of weeks. But at RB23, you want to be drafting a guy. Like, I'd rather have Alexander Madison there. Does that make you happy? I'd rather have no. Alexander Madison. couldn't even be in the same breath. <laughs> Absolutely well, not. This is being drafted four slots behind Swift. Yeah, so that's, that, that's, why, that's why we're doing this I, podcast. Yeah, exactly. I think, I, I discrepancies. Think, I think Madison has a way higher floor than DeAndre Swift. Um, so just in this situation, I rather invest in like a Rashad Penny or Kenny Gainwell later, not saying I want those guys, but I don't want to overspend for the guy sitting atop a three-way committee. That's why I think DeAndre Swift could end up being a bust in this range. And it could be four-way committee. I mean, we saw Boston yeah, Scott <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's the most, the highest paid running back on the roster, Boston <laughs> Scott, well, by the way. Get, he's going to get his three to four touchdowns this year. We know that. So yeah, yeah exactly. Four-way committee. Exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, you know, I thought I, when they first trade, like, you know, acquired Penny and, and Swift, I was like, okay, they're, they just kind of want to do, you know, what that's going to be their running back, their backfield, you know, yeah. Swift and Penny. And then, you know, Gainwell, if, if, uh, you know, it, inevitably Penny gets hurt, but it seems like they want to just have a three, four way committee. And I, I get it. You know, they're, a, they rely on the run. It's a big part of what they do. And you never really want to rely on one player. Mm-hmm. When you know it's it's that big of what you do, so uh, I can't knock it, but it's going to make things pretty nightmarish for fantasy, especially because I don't even love these guys in best ball. Well, I don't love Swift and Penny in best ball because these guys have a, a, a spotty track record of durability. So mm-hmm. you know, when I'm in best ball, yeah, I can't just drop these guys or I can't just IR stash these guys if they get if they get hurt. True. So now now it's like I don't really know what to do with them. So yeah, I don't. I'm not. Not not really in on Swift. Don't really know what to do with the Eagles backfield. That's you know, if you if you get it right, congratulations to you. But I <laughs> yeah. I think it's gonna be just a nightmare um all season. And I, I think they could become more pass heavy as well. I think this could be a Jalen Hurts MVP type year, so it might it might just be mm. moot. So yeah, not not loving this Eagles backfield, but uh maybe maybe we'll get some clarity at some point in the season. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on Swift. I have him RB 33. Um, all right. Next up, Rashad White. Okay. That's, mm, that's an interesting yeah. one. Cause he's been rising. He's been rising. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty much because Tampa Bay still hasn't signed anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you're, you're, you're not like, cause he's up to RB 21 in, in a lot of, uh, spots. You're RB 19 in that. Yeah. Yeah. In I've that seen range. him above Cam Akers and. Yeah, so just you're just not on board. No, uh, he he's another back. I don't draft in Alexander Madison still on the board, um, but he is Rashad White is the prototypical frozen pond type of player, um, where he's a lock to be the week one starter. I'm not denying that. Like week one, he will be ranked, you know, as a RB two in my uh, weekly rankings. But um, and while he's a great pass catching back, his rushing metrics last year were just awful. I mean, if you look at the 58 backs that qualified, he was um, 56 in my uh, expected yards per temp model uh, because he ranked 50th in avoided tackle rate, uh, 53rd in explosive run rate, and 56 in yards after contact rate. So just he's not a great running back. And while he doesn't have that many talented backs behind him, you know, I could see like a Keyshawn Vaughn, Chase Edmonds, or even a Sean Tucker, who I do like, um, eating into his workload. So it's just one of those situations where his his value might peak 
week one. And then from there, it devolves into more of a committee or he gets leapfrogged. So it's just a dangerous situation drafting a back like that, running back 19. Whereas I think Madison is on more stable ground in that way. But um, yeah, Rashad White is a back that I'm not getting in my top 20. So I think he's definitely a red flag, definitely a frozen pond type of bust situation happening here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, it's, you know, I think the concerning thing for me uh, was the yardage after contact because this Tampa Bay offensive line, I, I was talking to our guy Brandon Anderson about this. You know, he did mm-hmm. the – uh, he, he released a great piece on actionnetwork.com where he ranked and tiered uh, all the offensive lines. And I think he had the Bucks like 19th or something like that. And I was like, how, like, how, like <laughs> yeah. they, have, they have, they have one, they have one good lineman and he's switching sides and not even not, might, might not be too happy about it. No, it's, and, he's getting major anxiety over it too. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, no, I, I know. It's a, so it's like the best, their best lineman has question marks. Like the the center, what was his name? Uh, Jensen. He he, he mm. missed the whole year and came back for that one playoff game. He looked cooked. Maybe now he's he's on the wrong side of thirty, so I don't know if he bounces back. Gadecki can't block anyone. The, there's a rookie at one of the spots. So like this is this is probably going to be a bad offensive line again, yep. is what I'm getting at. And in that situation, you need a back that's going to be able to create after contact like the, the just the straight up explosive runs and lack of whatever doesn't worry me as much because like that's probably an offensive line stat but like just straight up creating yards after contact is going to be uh more more attributable to the running back's yeah. talent and skill level and that's where uh we haven't seen enough of white to this this point uh now this but this buck's backfield i mean there's not really much there so i i get why he's kind of rising but yeah like it, you know you don't expect many touchdowns you don't expect you know it's just I, I think the best thing that could happen to him would be if he just uh kind of catches a lot of passes because you just yeah. lost Russell Gage uh so you really don't have much behind Evans and, and Godwin you still have Kate Otten I guess but he's kind of I don't know he didn't have super impressive rookie year all things considered uh so I mean there's a chance White could be like the number three target, but this is also not Tom Brady anymore. So the running backs might not get like eight check downs per game because they might not have to, it might not throw 58 times just to get 273 yards or whatever it is that they were doing (laughs) last year. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough team to project. Um, We just got news that Baker's going to be the week one starter. Um, Probably holds the job for a decent amount of the year. Kyle Trask didn't look great, but uh, Baker Mayfield 
from what I off the top of my head, I don't remember him being a big check down guy. Definitely not in Cleveland. Definitely not in uh, L.A. And then the Panthers had Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to throw the ball to a running back when you have McCaffrey. But, yeah, this this uh, this, this Bucks backfield situation. Yeah. Like even if White gets, you know, 15, 18 touches average per game, like he could he could get like three touchdowns all year. Um, so he could still be frustrating. So yeah, he's I got him in the mid twenties. Um it's yeah, I I, I kind of did a double take when I saw him yeah at at RB nineteen. That uh, James Cook. I'd rather James Cook there. Yep. James Cook over all day. Um Okay, let's see. So that Who's next on? Oh, Brian Robinson Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know me. I've de- I've just been. <laughs> I, I, I hammered Brian Robinson's under so hard that the books just took his <laughs> yard, his rushing yardage oh. total down. I don't know if it's. I haven't seen it back up yet. Maybe it is, but uh, I, I just think this is just a bad situation. You know, you have a new regime or you know, like a new offensive regime with you know Turner giving way to to Eric Bieniemy. You had the coach talking up Gibson and saying, "I want to give him more touches." And then the offensive coordinator saying, "I want to, I want to draft this guy Rodriguez, whose skill set overlaps with Robinson. Rodriguez has looked good through two preseason games, and Robinson is an early down back on one of the worst teams in the league that might be a lot less run heavy because they just fired their OC and hired one that has always been pass heavy mm-hmm. in 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 So, and by the way." There's precedent for Brian Robinson just getting benched at some point. Isaiah Pacheco, late round guy. CEH starts the year. CEH got benched before he got hurt. Like he got hurt after getting benched. So it's just like, it's it's bad enough that you have like, you're already in this like committee where you're not going to catch the football because you got Gibson there. And Gibson also could challenge you for carries. But when you, when you add in like, a challenger like a rookie challenger that just overlaps with your skill set and you're you weren't like a particularly explosive back i think it'll be a little better this year you know a year removed from the uh you know the the shooting so I, but still mm-hmm. 3.9 yards per carry last year not not enough only two points uh under 2.7 after contact which is not enough for a, a guy a power runner like that um and he only had he only had two rushing touchdowns it's not like what is this guy doing for us? Like, what? Like, what is the upside? Like, even if he hit, even if he, like, you expect Robinson to be like the RB thirty-five. Like, what's his upside? Like, <laughs> RB twenty-five? No, like, it, like, you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's, I just don't see the point in twenty twenty-three of drafting a guy who's probably going to be a zero in the in the pass game. Yeah, I was um, trying to think of a comparison. He's like James Conner without the touchdown and receiving upside. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, James Conner. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's probably shaping up to be a a, a steal for as, oh, at least no, as long I, as he's healthy. I'm not, I'm not bagging on James Conner. I'm just saying that that there's nothing redeemable about Brian Robinson right now, and his prop is still up. It's 750 rushing yards. Oh, it's so, back. Oh, okay. it's back. I'm about to go get some more down on it. Thank you. For yeah, 750 is um, a bit too but, but high. See, but see, that's crazy because I had it under, I think I, it was at that. And then the books just took it down. And so what did they just like think everyone was going to forget? And they just put it back up. It's the same. <laughs> I am about to go bang gotcha. that again. Oh man. What? <laughs> wait, wait for our, uh, right, yeah, player I, prop I, I mean, I remember the days where, book, 
<laughs> I remember the days when books just like reset their lines instead of like just like making them disappear for a while until they hope everyone forget and is on to the next piece of content like that you know like come on guys like like you like you you know it, it works for better for all of us if you just change the line and you know mm. try to get action on the other side like come on True. man got to get these brian robinson bets in uh so yeah not 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 getting any brian rods i just i just don't see the point like i'm rooting for the guy yeah. you know, we went through a lot yeah. love the big hat uh but I mean, just all all of the red flags and just just I just don't see don't see the upside at all. Um, and then there's another guy that I feel like no one's really talking about him positively or negatively. He's just kind of there, <laughs> projected to do exactly what he did last year because that's how the market mm-hmm. tends to work. Once you get outside the top, you know, <laughs> just, like the top the starters, I guess the top 100, or whatever. But Jarrett McKinnon, I, this dude is a 31 year old back who had a five game stretch where he scored eight touchdowns never cracked nine half PBR points in any of his other games, averaged seven and a half touches per game. Like, what are we doing with Derek McKinnon? Like, yes, he's in a, a chief offense where a season like last year is possible, but you don't want to chase it, especially with a 31-year-old who's missed 36 games over the past five years. Like, yeah. this is just – it just screams, like, go somewhere else. And, and now – Edwards Elaire might be more of a factor again. And mm-hmm. you're still going to have Pacheco, who saw an uptick in passing usage as the year went on. And he's a very good player. And like, it's just, I just, you know, I, I just don't see where we're getting this upside unless you're just chasing touchdown production, which we know is unreliable, even in an offense as good as the Chiefs. Yeah. Because like we said, they have like 15 different wide receivers that they could keep on the final <laughs> roster. You know they always have a, a, a like a couple good backup tight ends. Like it, it, I, I'm, I'm not getting any Jeremy. No, yeah, I mean no. the reason McKinnon went bonkers in the second half last year is because Clyde Edwards Hilaire was out, so they they just made it more of a two two back committee. But they they do like to use a three back committee. So if Hilaire is healthy, he will factor in and take away a lot of those touches McKinnon was getting, and then uh, Denaric Prince, if he makes hmm. the team, could kind of fill that role, or if they trade away. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But either way, they don't want McKinnon getting as much work as he saw at the second half of last year. That was because Edwards Hilaire was hurt. So yeah, like his his ADP is a little bit too high because like you said, people are probably overweighing the second half of last season. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing with McKinnon is that just from normal projection process of just regressing touchdowns to the mean like mm, this dude yeah. averaged seven and a half touches like what are we really doing <laughs> it, it, you know, like, right seven and a half touches like like goal line work almost never you know goal i guess you could say goal line work in the past game but that's a lot far less reliable um and i still think his best attribute in terms of con- contributions to the team is as a pass blocker, which, you know, that means he's not going to be running a route or he's going to run a delayed route. So, um, I, I, and this is not just McKinnon, I should say. Like, he is a very unique case because he just had so many touchdowns. Yeah. But in general, from playing fantasy year after year after year after year, one thing I've noticed almost never fails, just don't chase those passing down backs that, mm-hmm. like, had, a, like, an outlier season. Like, remember – Oh, here's a good one. Remember Charles Sims had that one year where he finishes like the RB like 25 or something. And it was just like, what Charles Sims. And then like the next year, he's just like, you know, yeah. a not a complete non-factor. It's like, don't chase the like Danny Woodhead with like a top, like a RB three finish. 
Um, like JD McKissick recently, uh, but that was JD McK- great, good one. JD, yeah. Um, Chris Christopher Tom Chris Thompson, whatever Chris, oh, whatever Chris I don't know Thompson, yeah, yeah. Chris Thompson, not nine games, RB RB thirteen <laughs> per average in nine games. Never gonna get to yeah. ten games. Always gonna just white clockwork get get hurt at that ninth game. Like yeah. it's just, but um, yeah, that that just go look at the fantasy stats of running backs each year, and I'm sure you'll find an example almost every year of like the flavor of the month pass catching back. Theo uh, Theo Riddick, it's a good one. Oh, Theo Riddick, that's a good one. Yep. Um, it's like it's like even if they come close the next year, it's like a lot of times to have an outlier passing. Uh, you know, as a satellite back, you need mm-hmm. like outlier touchdowns, outlier game script, like all like uh, probably Everything a couple. Everything needs of, to go your way. A couple, yeah, like a couple of those like draw plays at the end of the half where you're just trying to yeah. run out the clock, but the defense gives you like thirty yards because <laughs> yeah. it's the last play and no one has timeouts. <laughs> like just all these things have to go right, and then in yeah. next year, it's like if they even come close, uh, in in most cases, like I I, I, I probably I'm gonna. I'm gonna do like a, some a study on this and actually get numbers, but I'm I, I I gotta bet the amount the percentage of backs who like finish as let's say top 36, uh or or top 48 even, and then have a higher ADP the next year of those satellite backs. I I would I, it's like gotta be like 20 percent or, or less. Mm. Like it's just like even a guy like Kareem Hunt, you know, late like you know wasn't mm. able to like you know it's just it's just so hard. It's so many Naeem Hines. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, but yeah, uh, no, uh, no, no McKinnon, no McKinnon for me. <laughs> um, another one, I didn't even write him down, but Damian Harris, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want him as a top 50 back either, um, at all. Oh, he's not a pass I, catching back. You're just talking about. No, I, yeah, overall. I just, I just, I just, oh, oh, yeah. I just looking at ADP and I, <laughs> I, I, I think we're just like assuming like, what is Damian Harris doing? Like, you know, like James Cook is the, the best running back. He's the guy that's going to catch passes what J- Damian Harris is going to battle Josh Allen. He'll block a uh, Josh line. Allen rushing touchdown. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, honestly, Latavius Murray got only a, f- a little bit less money uh, and, you know, could end up outplaying him. Well, Latavius Murray looked decent last year. And from what I saw of him in this preseason, well, Harris is hurt. So yeah, I, I wouldn't even bank yeah. on Harris holding that job, even if, if he does win it at all. Um, so yeah. Don't want, don't want him either. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's it. Just you know, no Najee, no Swift, no Rashad White, no Josh Jacobs, no Brees Hall, no Brian Robinson Jr., no Jerick McKinnon, no Damian Harris. Uh, that uh, that should help you guys. Yep. Draft a better team. All right, football season is finally back, and that means a lot of new listeners and viewers for the pod. So now's a great time to talk about first impressions. And no matter how much you swear that you don't care what other people think, we all know you want to make a great first impression. That, For me, that means taking care of my skin, which I'm doing with the help of our new sponsor, Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab has a three-step skincare regimen that I can do quickly so I can get back to my spreadsheets, my rankings. Uh, you got the clean slate which is the face wash. You got the base layer, which is the moisturizer. And then you got the good, which is a serum that you can use at night to reduce fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. Skincare, it's important, but it doesn't have to be difficult. And one minute in the morning, one minute at night, all you really need to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines, signs of aging, 
And just for our audience, we have an exclusive offer, their best offer anywhere, and that's use code FLEX, F-L-E-X, at calderalab.com. Get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code FLEX at calderalab.com. Make an unforgettable first impression that leads to those magic words, you look younger. Get 20% off at calderalab.com with code FLEX. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Jamison Williams, way too high. Why? Why? What? Explain this to me. How? Like, I don't even, like, how? Because, like, a lot of times I'm always, like, like whether it's weekly rankings or season long, like, I just mm-hmm. tend to be very far from consensus on a lot of different guys. But, like, I know you're a little more sensible and, and are a little more in line with, with the market even when you're, like, offline guys. So, like, just explain mm-hmm. to me, like, what? how is the market even getting to, like, a wide receiver 45? 580p for Jameis Williams. Like, where I don't, I don't even know how, numbers wise. Where, how are we getting here? Don't ask me. Ask the market. I can't explain it. It's like when okay. Ronald Jones. Remember, Ronald Jones was like RB31. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Leonard Ford. Yeah. I was like, what are people doing? I, I can't explain it either because, like, even if Jameis Williams was ready to go week one, mm-hmm. where would you have ranked? I would have ranked in the 40s. If, if Jamison Williams was active in week one. Act, he was. He had the potential was, of playing 17 games this year. Where would you rank him? Uh, Probably like wide receiver 65-ish. Oh, okay. A right. little bit lower I mean, than me. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, all right. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. He has it. He, he, we, we know the theoretical talent. Like yeah. We go, we yes. see him, we've seen him in college. I get it. But now he's in the NFL. We've yep. seen him play – Six games. In those six games, first of all, that that no point in those six games, it in any one of them, did the Lions care to play him more than 25% of the offensive snaps. So, like, they did not a care. Part of that to... was due to his ACL still, you know, okay. healing okay. and things like that. But he wasn't getting targeted. He caught he got he, he caught <laughs> one of nine targets. It, to be fair, it was for like a 40-yard gain, and he did have another big run. He was run, wide but, open. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was a bus of coverage, if I remember yep. correctly. Yep. So he's not even – he's never gotten – he's never even gotten like a true catch in the NFL like that he earned. Um. So – and then, like, I'm watching this preseason game. You know, my my, my Giants, you know, are, are in a battle with the, with the Lions and, and Adrian Martinez for preseason week one bragging rights. And, like, I'm just kind of, like, you know, I'm not, like, even paying, like, 100% attention. I think other games are going on at the time or might mm-hmm. I might have been about to go out. And it's, I just look up, and who do I see in the fourth quarter? Jamison Williams. And then I'm like, okay. I see him, <laughs> I see him catch, I see him catch like, a two-point conversion. I'm like, oh. That was a so sweet he's catch. Like, he's, uh, you know, he's having, he's having a great game. Good for him. Like, get, it, get him some confidence. Then I look at his stat lining, and he got two or six targets for 18 yards. <laughs> Yeah, this and, guy might just be a bad player, a bad NFL player. He just like he, it happens sometimes. Do you know why he was playing the entire game? I don't even think we've mentioned this yet. Did you know why? why? why was he, no, why? Because he suspended the first six games. That's yeah, no, yeah. I, I didn't know that was just I, like as simple as that. I mean, <laughs> I, no, I, no, I, I, I know, but the ADP already is probably a little too high oh. if he were to play all seventeen. Yes, but. Oh, by the way, he's suspended for the first six games of the season. Explain his ADP now. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Like, 
there's a very good chance. Like, so he missed all of camp his rookie year and the first three months of the season. Fine. Yeah. Okay. You don't, you want to use him as a rotational deep threat. Fine. Now he's had a camp. He's had an off season. Comes back. Still terrible. They're playing him into the fourth quarter. He plays into the fourth quarter. Has a shit game. Gets hurt. Now he's out for the rest of the preseason. If that injury stretches into the regular season, he's not allowed to get treatment in the facility. So mm. he's not going to be in the building. He's hurt. He's not going to be. He has no chance to develop behind the scene from now until he we see him play in, in the Lions' seventh game. No, no, like zero chance. Like he's going to be out of the facility. We know he's not developing just like on his own because he was just as bad in that preseason game as he was all of last season. Like, like Jameson Williams' career starts in 2024, as far as I'm concerned. And the Lions might yeah. honestly think the same thing. Because, like, all right, let's, let's say he comes back in week seven, right? Given all that we've seen from him, knowing that he's hurt, knowing that uh, he hasn't been good, knowing that he hasn't been in the building, knowing that he hasn't really developed as an NFL pro, do we really expect him to come back in that seventh game and, and play anything more than 25% of the routes to start either? Like, he's going to have another ramp-up period, I feel like, similar to the one yeah. last year. Now, he has more time, so let's say... But you could have another six games of him being, like, the number five wide receiver. Yeah. And that, and there's still no guarantee that he's a, like, 80%, 90% route one guy at any point, at any point <laughs> during this year. So, yeah, I, I think this this is one of the most egregious ADPs I think I I've ever seen in fantasy football history, Jameson Williams in the top yeah. five receivers. Like this, yeah, this is up there. Ronald Jones is number two, but this is number one. This takes a cake because this is like math doesn't even, you know, <laughs> like it just doesn't check out. Like it's one math thing if you're just like mathing. okay, I think yeah, it's just not mathing. It's like oh, it's one thing if you're just like all right, I, I just think Ronald Jones is going to get a bunch of carries and, and you know, <laughs> but it's like yeah, it's just like. It's like Jamison Williams could get a bunch of routes and still not produce, and there's nothing indicating that he's going to get a bunch of routes. Uh, so yeah, I I I I will get no Jamison Williams uh, at any point during the season. Like I I I think yeah. I let, let's see where I have him. Uh, Are you down to like ninety something? I, I need to. I mean, after this injury, 85, 85, 85. 85. bold, 85. but fair. I know. Yeah, I got I got him. It's too high. It's too high. Uh, I, I, he's probably just taking some of those Denzel Mims targets, but uh, I know Dylan Drummond's been having a good camp. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Khalif Raymond just got extended. And honestly, everything I've seen of football over these past couple of years tells me that Khalif Raymond is a better ride receiver than Jameis Williams. I'm not saying he has more talent. I'm saying yeah. so to far. this point in their careers, <laughs> Khalif Raymond and everyone else on every other practice squad – has been a better wide receiver than James Williams. Even Michael Bandy. Even Michael Bandy. Right. I mean, Michael Bandy caught a couple passes from Herbert, right? <laughs> James yeah. Williams has one catch on a busted coverage. <laughs> one. And, and two two in four quarters of preseason action, two plus a two-point conversion. He so did. Don't three. forget, he had, he had that 40-yard run. Yeah. He did have yeah. that run. Yeah, okay. So he's fat. So make him a running back. Put him in the swift roll or something. I don't know. Like I For just, my Dave I, Montgomery shares, please don't. But yeah, <laughs> um, I mean they need they need an RB three. Everyone's like uh, Ibrahim got hurt, <laughs> Jackson retired. They're like dropping like flies out here. Hey. About to get some Jamar Jefferson season. 
Craig, no, Craig Reynolds, man. Yeah, he's yeah, no, no, no. he's yeah, he's he's gonna be the number three. Um, they, who's oh Betty Snell is there too. Yeah, he's uh he's not gonna be the number three. Um, but uh, I do see an interesting name on your list, and that is. <sighs> That is Chris Olave, so this should oh, be fun. This is this reminds me of like those times when you when you're like, you know what you guys have to bet under Travis Kelsey, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. you're gonna get so much shit for this, but let's, oh, let's I see. know, I know, I am. This brings me no pleasure, and it's um, you know, it's it's a complicated uh, definition here of a bust. He's just a guy I haven't been getting much in drafts, so I'm going with okay. that as my definition. But, you know, like, one of the reasons Olave went off as a rookie, other than being really freaking good, uh, is that both, you know, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry both went down with injuries early in the season. Done. Done for the year. Um, so, you know, Olave saw a massive target share as a result. Um, however, you know, Michael Thomas is back and healthy for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're going to get other weapons like Rashid Shahid. Um, Juwan Johnson is having a great camp, great preseason. I think he and Derek Carr have a good connection. He could be like the Darren Waller in this offense for Derek Carr. So I think other guys are going to step up. So unfortunately, Olave's target share is going to go down a bit. Uh, plus, I mentioned, you know, the Saints have the easiest schedule in the league. So they might not see as many trailing game scripts. Maybe don't have to throw as deep as much, which could hurt Olave's ceiling. Um, so I have Olave, you know, smack dab in my wide receiver two tier. But he's being drafted at the top of it. Um, so, you know, I have Devontae Smith. DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen all ranked ahead of Olave, but he's being drafted in front of all of them. So that's kind of why I've ended up with so few shares of Olave, not because I don't think he's talented, quite the opposite. Just I think those other guys are locked into a higher target share than Olave, you know, as long as Michael Thomas is healthy. So um, I'm not really concerned about Olave heading a year or two, but I think just he had the perfect storm as a rookie as to why he went off. So he's just a guy, you know, he's – towards the bottom of a tier where he's being drafted at the top of a tier. So that's why I'm saying like in that range, I rather take those other guys ahead of him. So where do, where do you actually have him ranked? Like what is the 17 number? and his AP is, is what? 15 RB 12 right now. He's not, a, he's not an RB. That should be James. Williams, right, but... uh, wide receiver 12. <laughs> yeah. He's wide receiver 12 right uh... now. If I look at like recent drafts the past couple weeks, he's like wide receiver 12. Jesus. Um, that, that's a little bit aggressive. Um, I just, on principle, I just try to load up on these like talented year two guys. So I'm, I can't, I can't get with you on this Olave. I mean, I get it. I get it. But I also like, I'm not projecting like, I'm projecting Michael Thomas to play like, whoa, let me see. Not, 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 not a lot of games. Let's see. More games. I, I'm projecting him to play more games than last year. Let's just put it that way. I got, I got Michael Thomas at 12.2 games. Uh, so, and that's one of the lowest of anybody I think I have. So, um, but I do have, I, I do, I do take your point because I actually have Olave as the wide receiver nineteen. So Ooh, I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I get it. Uh, but like, I, I try to tell people in these, in this kind of, at least for me in this range, um, yes. there's not a lot of separation. So it's just more going to come down to like things like bye weeks or stacks in best ball or yeah. you know, like if if I if I'm doing a bunch of drafts and I just notice I don't have a lot of Olave exposure, I don't mind taking them. I mean, twelve mm-hmm. is pretty aggressive. I mean, I don't. That's, that's you like, have to take. Them I, I, like, I still want like Jalen Waddle and 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 Smith exactly and Garrett Wilson over you know over him, but um, yeah, like I, I don't think I don't think he's gonna bust. Uh, or anything like that. Um, yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. We should have probably defined what it means to be a bust. Um, he's a, like Jamison Williams is my number one bust 
for wide receiver. There. Yeah, like he's he's gonna um, miss his ADP by like 40, 40 <laughs> spots, if yeah. not more. <laughs> but if if we're nitpicking here, I had to pick somebody in the top thirty. Uh, Olave's just the guy that I have the least exposure to, just based on my draft strategy and based wow. on his target share. That's all. I don't think he's a bad wide receiver. Quite the opposite. But um, that that's why I have him listed here. That is, uh, I would I would probably say mine would be like. Michael Pittman in the top thirty, or Deontay Johnson, one of those guys. Um, but those are—I mean—they're right on the fringe, though. So yeah, I think they're, it's kind of cheating. Yeah. Yeah. If you say if, if you want to, you want to go top twenty. I think the guy I have the least exposure to in in the top twenty probably is DeAndre Hopkins because he mm. keeps—I guess he he's keeps rising. Stuck, and and Judy, there, yeah. Jerry Judy. I don't, I don't like. It's not that I I, I like the player, but I don't know. He just—he's not. I don't know when I watch him play. Like I, I, I think Terry McLaurin's a better receiver than Jerry Judy. Um, not everyone will agree, but I think a lot of that also is like what they did in college and kind of like lumping that in with what who they've been as a pro. And I, you know, I think McLaurin's <laughs> been a better pro. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it will probably be we're, Judy. Um. Of, of the of we're guys splitting like hairs running. here. We're yeah. like in my wide receiver tiers. I said, give me any two of these guys in my draft, and I'm happy. So. I, but I, you, I agree. You, you, there was a big blank sheet of paper, and you you chose to write in Chris Olave, so that's well, on you, bro. I, I think I, it was like wanted, last year. Last year, you had the the genius idea of like it came out of nowhere. You're just like, oh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I remember yeah, like, that, no, I, yeah, it's not I, trade the year two guys who are just nasty. That is it just, yep. it's just like on principle. Like just it's just it's like there's certain things. It's just like on principle. It's like if I see any Brian Robinson prop at any number, I'm just banging the under until the books take it down. Just like on principle like i like when they took his right. when they took his yardage down i just banged the under and like his six and a half touchdowns at like minus 175 like just i didn't even check my projections i was just like just on principle just sometimes you just gotta just on principle and for me it's just like year two year two wide receivers coming off great year ones like i'm just not I'm just not fading these guys if anything i'm kind of the opposite like i might i might take them like above what i have um yeah that would be ranked like projected yeah like a lot of it again like if he falls to me like wide receiver 15 <laughs> um, I definitely consider him. Drake Leonard's another guy where my projections might be lower on him, but he's a year two player. Mm-hmm. He was one of yep, my favorite yep, receivers yep. in last year's class where you kind of just have to anticipate an even bigger uh, bump, you know, in year two. So similar kind of situation where if you look at my rankings, I have Drake London lower than ADP, but I'm still drafting him around ADP. Yeah, and that's why, you know, like doing these, like actually talking through these things. Yeah, are important, yeah exactly. I think, because, like, I, I, you know, like, a ranking a lot, especially when you're talking about wide receivers where you know, most leagues start three now, there's there's not a ton of separation uh, in a lot of these guys. So when you see, like, I have a Lave 19th and someone else might have him 14th, there might be, like, less than a point per game differential. Mm-hmm. And that is what we would call in stats, like, immaterial or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, it's not relevant to, it's, it's just randomness, essentially, like, those decimal points you know exactly we're still doing the rankings and you know i might manipulate it to kind of get guys exactly where i want uh but generally speaking um that's why we kind of you know do these pods talk through them that's why you do the tiers and you know just different things to kind of um crystallize yeah exactly the strategy because yeah it's a lot of times just one or two ranking spots is not going to make a a big difference but yeah when it's 40 like jameson williams story (laughs) Um, another guy I really can't get behind, and I'm surprised I haven't heard more 
this guy being uh, a fade is, is Kadarius Tony. Like, mm. I, I, don't, I don't. Are we being blind? Are we blinded by the, the, the like the gadget plays from last year? Like this guy never exceeded a forty four percent snap rate with the Chiefs. Only top sixty percent snaps three times in his career. Uh, has missed fifteen of his thirty four potential uh, regular season games. Is already hurt is on a team where they used like a rotation of wide receivers as it is. So even if, you know, I, I heard the buzz like, Oh, they chiefs viewed Tony as like a number one receiver. Like for Kadarius Tony, that could still mean like 40% snaps and just like force feed him yeah. like five or six targets in those 40% snaps. And you're still not going to be happy with Kadarius Tony. So he's another one going in the top. He's still going in the top 50 round wide receiver 49. Sky Moore has overtaken him, and mm-hmm. now I feel like now we're getting a little aggressive on Sky Moore, which is why I just end up with more Rasheed Rice, just because I feel like it's it, it's kind of almost like a like there's I, I think there's going to be less separation than people think between these guys, but um, Tony I just think is going to be capped uh, snap wise. So I mean I don't know do, do you like are you do you not agree? Are you projecting think- Tony for like a 80% snap rate? No, or? no. In, th- in this range, I'd much rather take one of the rookies like a Quentin Johnson or Zay Flowers that are going right around this time. Um, with Tony, it's like if he were ever to top 70% routes run rate, I mean, my model breaks. You know, he's averaging over five catches. But I agree. I don't think that's going to happen. So he's a guy that I'm not getting much of in this range. He hasn't proven he can stay healthy. He hasn't proven he can, like, maintain um, – you know, a workhorse role as a wide receiver. So yeah, I think in this range, I'm still targeting Quentin Johnson and Zay Flowers um, and ignoring, and this is where Jamison Williams is going too, by the way. Uh, but yeah, Tony, Tony's not a guy I've been trusting. The The only, you know, thing I would say is this is the range to kind of take a flyer on him because if he doesn't work out, he doesn't kill you uh, in a redraft league because, you know, you're filling out your bench at this point. But either way, I just think you ra- rather invest in one of these rookies that have, uh, a clear path to upside and you know they don't have the injury concerns yeah like a flyer you still want your flyer to hit like <laughs> yeah exactly I, no, just, I know. like 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 Kadarius tony literally i'm projecting to play half as many snaps as like this this is the most egregious uh ranking of all to me zay flowers is going three spots after Kadarius tony like that is yeah that's absolutely absurd like zay flowers may already be the best receiver in baltimore and they're gonna be a lot past every year now you know now that monk is here and and roman's gone so it's like you know i mean even like i rather i rather the like four games of michael thomas playing like every snap (laughs) and catching like you know five touchdowns in those four games like because like Kadarius tony's already hurt higher risk of re-injury if, if you say like okay if he ever ca- gets like 80 percent snaps he's catch like five six passes if he catches five six passes he's not making it to the next game because he's gonna get hit five to six times so right. like this it's just this is like a lose lose with this guy tony like and, and we don't learn because we we went through this last year where it was like oh we're gonna we're gonna slot tony in as like the default giants receiver and, and not pay any attention to the fact that like everyone on the coaching staff absolutely hates him and is like has demoted him to like the third team. We're still going to draft him as like a top 50 wide receiver. Like we just need like some guys, I feel like as a, as a, as a community, like we just never learn. And it, I guess it's only <laughs> you, what year three of Tony, but we'll, we'll learn soon enough. But yeah, like Tony is outside my top 60. Uh, I, I, I think his, I just think his ADP is egregious. I just think, you know, like there are guys that are just, you know, part of having a ceiling and, and taking a risk and a flyer is having, 
a path to upside. And when, when you have a guy that may very well be capped at 50% snaps, um, or even a guy that, you know, like I said, the Chiefs team, they, they topped out at 70, just over 75% for the top wide receiver anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just not, not a situation I want to uh, invest in. Just give me, give me Rice, give me your boy Justin Ross, give me one of those guys. Um, so, yeah, those, that, Tony and Williams, those are just guys that stick out. Most wide receivers just, like, take a shot in them. They're, they're going to be useful somewhere, maybe in best ball as a stack or whatever. But those two guys, I just think the ADPs are, are egregious. Let, let's close it out with tight end really quickly. Uh, it looks like, well, we'll finish. I know who we'll finish with, but uh, you got you, you got Dalton Schultz uh, on this list, and I agree. Uh, I, yeah. I, I but talk 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 to me about talk to me about Schultz. Yeah, so Schultz is a guy I've already been kind of um, iffy about just because I, I don't think he's that talented. Um, you know, he was a beast in the Cowboys scheme, but that was more about the scheme and Dak Prescott. So going to a new team, we could see you know his production fall off. I also think, you know, CJ Stroud's going to struggle as a rookie, especially early on, which could impact Schultz. But also just looking at preseason usage, um, you know, Schultz was coming off the field in some obvious passing situations. Like he might not be the 90% routes run kind of guy that we think. Um, so that's the, that's another ding that I wasn't even factoring in yet. So there's just a lot of red flags and there's a lot more talented tight ends in this range that I'd rather take over him. So he's actually, he dropped all the way to like tight end 19 in my projections, that's all it takes is just like 0.1 reception taken off and they fall that far. But uh, Schultz is a guy I've already been cautious about, but now I'm even more so. Um, so he's definitely like a red flag bust for me at tight end. Yeah, uh, Just curious, do you recall like who he was coming off for? Was it another tight end or was it just like a four receiver set or what? I think it was, I'll have to double check, but I think, um, you know, they were rotating in uh, Nick Vanette a bit more um, the <laughs> okay well that that's that's not a threat the the quentin tarantino guy um no, it's just <laughs> tegan tegan Catoriano? yeah no i call it um yeah so it's just like they, they were just being weird <laughs> it, it's just a quentin situation tarantino i yo more 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 receiving yards to see a quentin tarantino or jameson williams um that's a close one <laughs> are we including rushing yards all right, but no, I'm talking uh, about the movie director. Oh, no. I know, I know. Um, yeah, so it's just one of those situations where I was banking on Schultz running 90% routes run, right? So I just thought, yeah. if there's a chance that that's lower, that's just another red flag. So I already had too many red flags to speak of, but if he might not have that role that I thought, then it's a major red flag. And like I said, I think CJ Stroud will struggle as a rookie. Uh, I'm pretty high on Bryce Young out of those two, but I think Stroud's going to struggle. So I am I was already completely off Schultz, um, but now I'm really off Schultz right now. And I think he's yeah. still, what, tight end 12? He's still being drafted. Yeah, I, I, I actually got to lower him. He's still my tight end 12. But it's like exactly what you said. I have him still projected for like most of the tight end routes because they have Quentin Tarantino exactly. <laughs> as his backup. Uh, although he did, I think he his first NFL catch was a touchdown, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, on a Thursday night. Yeah, uh, I believe it was the Eagles game. It might have think it think that was the game, but um, he hasn't really done much since. But uh, yeah, there's still Jordan's still there. But yeah, I, I mean, they could they could end up going some more four wide. Uh, they have yeah, they have, they have enough have, receivers got, to do that. They have enough receivers, <laughs> and they they're no giants, but they 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 have, they have quite the uh, quite the unimpressive bunch of yeah of wide receivers. Um, and then the guy that we got to close it with is none other than Greg Dosich. Poor one out, man. We, we, yeah. we not quite Albert Ode, but sec again, yeah. we Troutman started Dosich plays in most passing situations and that's just not going to cut it. He was 80% routes last year. Um, yeah. 
it's just not, especially with we don't fully trust Russell Wilson. There's a good defense, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a shame because Greg Dosis had that nice catch uh, in the last preseason game. He like broke a tackle, went for yep. 18 yards, but it came like early second quarter. It was like first <laughs> first target, so. Not ideal. Yeah, not, not ideal. ideal. I mean, he started the offseason as being one of my favorite sleeper picks, and now he ends up on my bust list. That's just how it works, especially at tight end, because yep. they're beholden to their the scheme. And like I said, that was the one concern I had. It's a new regime. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, he's not going to Albert owe us. Like, he's not going to be a healthy scratch every week this season, but it is definitely moving down my rankings. Um, like you said, you know, Adam Troutman looks like he's going to be the starter playing on early downs. Dulcich will still see those third down, maybe the two minute offense type of snaps. So he still might post up some decent numbers and he's still very, very talented. But, um, you know, this kind of reminds me of uh, Mike Gusecki last year, where I kind of mm-hmm. noted yep. that the yep. scheme just wasn't going to be a good fit for him that year. And he busted. That's kind of what Dulcich is reminding me of is Gusecki last year, where He's still going to have work. He's still a talented pass catcher tight end. He's just not going to see enough work to post tight end one numbers like I know he's capable of. That's all. So yeah, he's down. He's down like tight end nineteen for me. Tight end twenty. Yeah, he's no Tyler Higby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, wide receivers: Jamison Williams, Kadarius for me, uh, Olave for for Sean, and then tight ends: Schultz, Greg Dulcich. Uh, that's going to do it for our 2023 bus pod. Uh, we got our pod on fantasy sleepers already out right here on the fantasy flex channel. So be sure to check that out. You can find Sean on X at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app. Also be sure to check out our fantasy rankings at actionnetwork.com. until next time. Get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.